Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, the list continues to grow here, ladies and gentlemen, of the number of schools that are closing. And uh, yeah, they're having a nice little fun time with that, I'm sure. Now, what are they blaming it on, you might expect? They're blaming it on a substitute shortage. That's what they're saying. But as we all know, that's not the cause, is it? It's not a lack of substitutes that's your problem. It's your jab staff members with no immune systems. That's the real problem here. All a person has to do, and I just did it, and it's absolutely incredible. Get on DuckDuckGo again and type in schools closed, or schools close, or schools currently closed. Any of those search words, take the safe search off and, uh, and just rock through the list. Here's a few. It says a list of schools closed for virtual for the rest of the month. School closings. Uh, recent school closings. Parents in limbo as schools close return to virtual. Minnesota schools close, closing, and delays. Um, let's see, what else? Schools closed and delays. Many Tuscaloosa schools closed this week because of the coronavirus pandemic, they say, and a temporary closure of these schools is due to a high number of faculty absences and a lack of substitutes. The local schools in the town where I live closed. They closed uh, for yesterday and today on Friday. So there you go. Um, yeah, it's happening. And it's not just happening locally. It's happening everywhere. But it's not, uh, it's not a lack of subs. That's, that's not the problem. The problem is, again, this is what happens when you all line up to take a jab and nobody seems to ask what's in it. No one seems to care. No one looks at, you know, a clear fluid in a jar with a needle plunging into their arm and asks any questions. It, it blows me away. Uh, it's, it's not, yeah, it just blows me away. Um, so with that said, here's, here's something else I wanted to mention as well. Uh, I've had a number of individuals conduct open records requests, and they've sent me documentation from a school district, and what I have done is I have started a multi-part series on my substack, The American Classroom, titled Lifting the COVID K-12 Veil. And uh, the subtitle is Revelations from Open Records Requests Within American K-12 Schools. I'm going through these documents, ladies and gentlemen, and I have got to tell you, it is remarkably revealing what these individuals were doing back in 2021 regarding the shots, regarding the mask wearing, the division trying to cover things up, trying to paint a particular picture for um, the public to see, concerned parents emailing on all sides, as, as one might expect. And again, this is within one school district, so we know that this is going on everywhere. In particular, again, in the school districts that are pushing vaccines, not vaccines, but pushing jabs on countless people, pushing the masks on everybody. And um, even if they aren't wearing the masks anymore, and they were at some point, my, my recommendation is you, uh, you apply for an open records request, and I tell you how to do that. I give you a couple of tips, and then I start rocking through some of these emails. So again, that particular article is my latest Substack article over on the American Classroom, titled Lifting the COVID K-12 Veil Part 1. Part 2 will come out next week. I'll do a Part 3, probably a Part 4. I might just keep going with it, because I've got an awful lot of documentation here that needs to be sifted through um, thousands of pages, as it turns out, and uh, I plan on doing that and bringing some of it to you and breaking it down as simply as I can is basically what I'm trying to say. So there you go. If you're interested in checking that out, please do so. A um, couple other things here. There was a story from earlier in the week, and I, I definitely wanted to go over this a little more in depth here. Uh, I, I put this out on my gab, but this comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it was bouncing around on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and it says, update New West Charter School, LA, caught abusing young unvaccinated girls. Parents organized protest at school at 1 p.m. So I'm going to play a couple of these videos here 
because again, what ultimately ended up happening is there's a group of students who, it looks like at least six or seven female students, um, haven't taken the charter school's mandated vaccine. Again, not a vaccine. And so the principal of the school flat out kicked them out of the school and made them sit uh, up against the side of the building outside and just sit there. No bathroom breaks, nothing like that. Just, you know, you're not allowed to come in. I'm going to continue to beat on this dead horse as much as I have to. I'm just going to keep wailing on it. You know, somebody walks past me and says, you know, Sean, the horse is dead. I'll say, yes, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm just going to keep hitting it and, uh, you know, have a nice day. Go about your business. If this were done in 2019, these administrators would be fired. They would be arrested, psychologically evaluated, and they would be fired. We've watched the complete normalization of child abuse now. That's what this is. These people are so insane that they're, uh, they're using their own false beliefs, which is now a full-blown mental illness if you actually believe all of this COVID stuff is real. You're mentally ill at this point. So they're using that mental illness as, again, their justification for their actions. And of course, the fun part is that they don't know that they're wrong about everything, which then, of course, is motivating all of their actions on a day-in and day-out basis you know, going home and looking in the mirror and taking their mask off and actually saying to themselves, yes, I did a good thing today. Today, I, I saved a life and patting themselves on the back as they just continue to perpetuate this giant lie while, of course, again, believing it's all real. So the article reads as such. It says, on Tuesday, video was released of several young girls, including four freshmen, one sophomore, and a junior, isolated and, abu isolated and abused at West Charter, L.A., because they chose not to get the, vac the COVID vaccine. The girls were denied chairs, forced to sit outside on the pavement behind warning tape, and were not allowed to use the school's restroom. School police are seen outside the warning tape, guarding this area as if they are prisoners. One little girl described the abuse in video, saying, quote, I'm a student at New West Charter School. And I'm here with five other girls, four of, the, four of them are freshmen, one is a junior, and I'm a sophomore. And we're being threatened to be suspended because we don't have the COVID-19 vaccine. And we're being refused the right to attend school. And we're being closed off by this caution tape thing. We're being segregated from the rest of the school. So I'm going to play her audio. Here's what she says. Hello, my name is Elena Hume, and I'm a student at New West Charter School, and I'm here with five other girls. Um, four of them are freshmen, one is a junior, I'm a sophomore, and we're being uh, threatened to be suspended because we don't have the COVID-19 vaccine, and we're being um, refused of the right to attend school. We feel segregated and discriminated. And we're being closed off by this caution tape-like thing. We're being segregated from the rest of the school. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to play the second part of this audio, and this is where the administrator comes out. And again, on the video, there are just police officers just standing on the other side of this tape just walking around. Honest to God, it, it's almost as if they have leprosy. And that's not even highly contagious. And then, of course, I mean, I, I don't know, Ebola, something, something highly contagious. I mean, it's just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Do me a favor, she's going to make a do not cross this line. She's going to make an announcement to you guys. Okay. And we'll be okay. right here. Right here. I appreciate this. Okay. a difficult situation. Okay, okay. The last hold kids on, hold on, recently would leave campus because of causing a disruption the way families were. If the kids are not going to leave, we're going to have to suspend them for disrupting school activities. Now, when you suspend them, someone? I've asked them to leave nicely. I'm not going to answer questions on this. I've made a point, and that's what we're asking the kids to do. So, suspension without a hearing. Excuse me, I have a question here. Excuse me. How rude. As a principal, you need to answer. You work You work for us. You don't have to leave. If you don't want to. If we don't leave, we get suspended. Okay. Let them try it. They have Isn't it interesting that there are actually five police officers, just by my count, in this video, that if schools really gave a damn about safety, which we know that they don't, it actually takes something completely fake like this to warrant five police officers. 
for seven high school girls. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of any of this before. I don't think any of us have. There's no way to actually categorize any of this other than to simply chalk it up to being a full-blown mental illness. These people are not well. They're not going to get better. Any revelation that continues to come out is going to baffle them. And I've brought this up in the past, and it's actually already happening. There are endless individuals now, in particular on the platform of Twitter, which I find to be hilarious. And they're not getting kicked off, I might add. But there will be medical doctors and leftists on Twitter saying that they have jab regret and that they wish that they took time to figure out what was really going on because the actions that they've taken up to this point have probably been a mistake in XYZ. I wonder how many school officials are going to start laying out apologies to all of the people that they screwed over during this entire time. I don't expect that's going to happen. I just, I, I, I don't expect it. And again, like I was saying previously right at the beginning of this episode, None of these administrators are going to admit that it's the jabs that are causing all of these individuals to get sick. You see, I love how we have the VAERS database, which in the last episode, again, I mentioned they're backlogged six, six months to 12 years with apparently only 50 employees. That's it, 50 employees. We need another database for the jab regret. And for people like this, or not that particular administrator, of course, because they're too far gone, but the people that are starting to recognize what's actually happening here, and they've been on the wrong side of history this entire time. For those individuals that want to confess or repent or testify that they have, in fact, made a colossal error in judgment, they shouldn't have injected themselves, they shouldn't have injected other people. They shouldn't have had anybody wearing masks. We need a VAERS report for those people, for those individuals to come out and basically tell their story. They want to do it anonymously, fine, but I think that would be some really good reading. And it's turning out to be very interesting reading. It's hilarious, and it's sad at the same time. I read a Twitter post uh, you know, not that long ago. I even think I, I put a screenshot of it up, up on the war videos that I put out, but it said, um, you know, it was one guy who was pro-jab, and he couldn't, for the life of him, figure out again why he and his wife were triple-jabbed sick, and yet their son, who is not jabbed, uh, is not sick. They, they couldn't figure it out. And what you were actually watching them do as they're putting this out on Twitter is in their posts, they're actually coming to the realization that they've probably made a huge error. They're like, wow, you know, maybe we shouldn't have gotten all these shots. Maybe we rushed to judgment. You think? Yeah, you sure did. You sure did. But child abuse and sanctioning child abuse throughout this entire time, I got to tell you what, I got to draw the line somewhere. And when it comes to child abuse, I, I just don't want to give these people any quarter whatsoever. I have, I have no taste for it. I just don't. So putting them on notice, of course, isn't a bad thing either. And I, and I brought this up in the previous episode where I was describing an individual in the UK bringing this to the attention of a UK constable. I was bouncing around Telegram, and I ended up finding exactly what it was that she read him. Um, and it's absolutely fantastic. So I have the PDF, and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to link this PDF in the description below via my website. So if you want to check it out in the Documents tab, I highly recommend it. Um, again, if you, want to, if you want to bombard one of these vaccination sites, this is a perfect way to do it. I have another suggestion, though, because we know how hostile they are at these vaccination sites, because I've been there and I've bombarded them myself, and uh, yeah, they're not rational people. But one of the things that can be done is on page five of this document, it starts with a notice of liability. And for the next four or five pages, including multiple pages of references, um, all the way down to page 17. So pages 5 through 17, if you were to print those off and send them, again, to a county health department, a, you know, your state health department, whatever, 
again, you're, you're basically sending them documentation that's saying, you can say all you want that you didn't know, but you know, because we have a paper trail of sending you proof that we warned you about what you were doing. And you continue to do it anyway, but we sent you this documentation so you can't say that you didn't know. I, I pray to God that there's going to be retribution and comeuppances, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, for all of these individuals, all of these directors, every single person, every single one of them. I sure hope that it ends up happening. You could even just email it to them. Again, it's only 17 pages in a PDF. You could just email it to these groups, put them both in the same email, make sure you keep a copy of the email for your own records. It's, it's, a, it's a remarkably easy thing to do. But uh, they need to see this documentation. They need to know that we know that they're wrong. And again, this is where this is going to get really hairy. It's going to get real messy here where they're going to actually, again, think. I'm repeating myself on this, but they think they're right. We know they're wrong. And then all they're going to do again is, if they're presented with the facts, they're going to say, well, wait a minute, so what are you saying? Are you saying that everybody's wrong about this, and, and this is a giant you know, kill program and X, Y, Z? And the answer, of course, is yes. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And they took an oath. All of these individuals and directors, they all took an oath. All these medical doctors, X, Y, Z, they all took an oath. And, and to not focus on their oath should prove to everybody that they're not focused on the truth about anything. And there's an anonymous post here as well that I want to read that I think really describes the mind frame of doctors, where they get their information, how they're trained, all of it. In fact, I put this out on Gab, and I had a retired doctor get, you know, hit me up on Gab, and they said, I can testify that this is 100% correct. This is 100% accurate. This is exactly how doctors are trained. This is exactly how they think. So again, this comes from the Chan boards from just a few days ago, and it reads like this, quote, My wife is a doctor, so I know something about how they work. Doctors are very highly trained technicians. They are not scientists. They have very average critical thinking abilities. They do no original research, and their field of work is so generalized, so overly comprehensive that they have no ability to even begin to keep up with the latest research. The methodologies they are taught and inherit to determine the latest science, quote-unquote, or advice, quote-unquote, and breakthroughs, quote-unquote, are to read the distilled daily advice from drug companies, government, and if they are really, quote-unquote, cutting edge, to read the occasional article in the Pfizer paid-for journal digests. In my experience, they are more gullible to the herd mentality and whatever is touted as the science than the average intelligent person. It says doctors are extremely well-trained and educated, but as practitioners, technicians, and their critical and analytical skills are primarily focused in triage and solution finding from a set of predetermined advice on treatments and drugs. They are like extremely skilled drug salesmen, yet they don't know it. That's why all these medical shows where they are heroes exist, to fool doctors into thinking they are heroes and adored. It says, quote, if I were to use an analogy, they are more akin to mechanics than they are to engineers. In a world away from the study of the physics behind the forces and principles in either. In any tyranny, you can look this up. Doctors have always been the most compliant, the most willing to allow politics to influence their practice. In fact, they are often fanatical zealots for whatever political extremism has become the new normal. Their hero complex only ever leads them into whatever brings them the most adoration. This is why here in England, the government pretty much demanded the peop that people stood outside every day and banged pans in support of them. When they saw that, going along got them the adoration they craved, unquote. I completely agree, and frankly, the education business is no different. You've heard me rail on this on numerous occasions. Where are the anatomy and physiology teachers? Where are the science teachers? Where are the health teachers? 
there is absolutely no way in hell that they all agree on what's going on. There's no way. Again, when I taught health education, anatomy, and physiology, I, and I, I remember this again like it was yesterday, um, and it was a long time ago, but we didn't agree. In fact, I disagreed with them so much on so many things, including, of course, how to teach people, that I, I did my absolute best to just never hang around them. And I did a pretty darn good job of it. And, you know, some of them took offense to it and whatever. But I stayed as far away from them as humanly possible because I didn't think they were that bright. But I also knew as some of them would come to me and they would, they would come to me and they would rail on about another, you know, another teacher in the department. And I'd say, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're a fool, of course. And they'd look at me and say, can you believe that they're teaching this? Can you believe they're teaching that and blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, well, yeah, I can. They're a fool. But then I would spend time also trying to educate some of them on particular topics as well. And again, as you might expect, they're not that interested in hearing it. Because, you know, no one wants to be told, or even, not no one, but many people don't like being told that the way that they've been doing something for a very long time is actually not the way it's done. In particular, an educator, or in this particular case, too, a doctor. I mean, again, going back to last summer, I remember having, you know, at least asking uh, my family doctor, who I've known for a while, I mean, he's a dirtbag, but I, I've known him for a long time, um, what his stance on all of this was. And it was, he just fell right in line with, with the, you know, the corporate line. Fauci's the science and the vaccine saves lives and no one's died. And yes, we're starting to just now read a little bit about myocarditis and blah, blah, blah. But we think it's so rare that it's not worth it's not worth whatever. And, you know, Sean, if I had the, the jabs here, or he didn't say jabs, of course, but if I had the Pfizer vaccine here, I would, uh, you know, I, I would certainly administer it to my patients if I could, but we're just all out. We've just, we've just, we've given them all out. And uh, I'm just sitting there shaking my head, saying to myself, you've killed these people. You've killed these people. And again, his robotic response was, we're just not reading that, quote unquote. We're just not reading that. I'm just not reading that. I'm not, I'm not hearing that. It's like, well, wait a minute. I just told you. I just told you that what you said isn't real. But then you're bumping up against, again, the mass hypnosis, like I read in the last episode. You're bumping right up against that, and that's next to impossible for these people to shake. And to give you another example, you know, there's a video that's bouncing around the internet here, and it's it's a girl. She's wearing a mask. She looks like she's of high school age, and she's talking at a school board meeting. Everybody behind her in the room is wearing is wearing masks. You can assume that every everybody on the school board is doing the exact same thing. And again, she's wearing a mask, and bless her heart, she's being remarkably sarcastic, and it's it's a very well written speech. But she's giving the entire thing to a group of people who are suffering from severe mental illness here. So I'm going to play this clip real quick. Again, I know a lot of people are probably going to play it and just wear it out because, again, they're, they're just chomping at the bit to find another clip like this. But I'm going to come on the other end and just kind of break it down a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Thank you for teaching students that our own mental health is much less important than making triple vaccinated adults feel safe. Thank you for teaching me that even the most minute risk is not worth taking. Life is best when you take the path of least resistance, with no chance of failure and definitely no chance of catching a cold. Thank you for not reaching out to the students to ask how we feel about masks, because if you did, the majority of students would say that they hate masks, and then you might second-guess your decision to make us wear them. Thank you for allowing me to experience the anxiety associated with never seeing facial expressions. Thank you for teaching us that we should never question authority or think critically, but instead we should follow whatever the people in charge tell us to do. Obedience is best. I realize now that thinking for yourself is overrated and not really necessary when you can just make decisions based on fear. Thank you for pushing your irrational fears and anxieties on me because I didn't already have enough to worry about. I realize now how easy I had it when I only had to worry about my classes, my grades, SAT, and getting into college. Thank you for teaching me that 
being a morally superior person only requires that I cover my face for eight hours a day. And that the most morally superior people wear two masks or even three masks. As you know, states around us, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, and Minnesota, which have two and a half times more students than Illinois, don't force kids, don't force kids to wear to masks. I'm with you though. These states are out of control, recklessly putting kids at risk of misery and death every day. Masks work, even if these states have the same outcomes as Illinois. Speaking of data, thank you for staying silent without mask about masking, despite the fact that COVID has a very high survival rate in kids my age. Who needs data anyway, though? We all know that it will never be safe to see anyone's face ever again. It's not going to do anything. I mean, she's, she's making fun of the triple jabbed. And that's awesome. And that's great. But it's, it's just not going to accomplish anything anymore. When, you, when, when you're a child now and you walk up to these school boards and you're telling them that they're stupid and you're making fun of them again and it's on the internet and then it bounces around social media, yeah, it can create some social pressure and they might you know, lift a, lift a mandate here or there or, or change a policy here or there. Maybe. Maybe. And I'm not saying it to sound defeatist. I'm really not. That's not the point. She has more courage than most parents, and I think that's a fantastic thing. But you've got these just brainwashed goons sitting behind her, probably just saying to themselves, well, she's a child, and she's just a child, and she's young, and she doesn't understand that this is an adult issue. And, you know, by default, because I'm an adult, I know more than she does. Again, that kind of mentality is also a part of the, the mass hypnosis that's taking place here. That a child who has a brain, a minor who has a brain, and is capable of thinking and reading and writing, that somehow there's no way that they could be right, you know, simply because of their age. But what we're seeing, of course, again, which is a fantastic thing, we're seeing more and more minors be smarter than adults. It's absolutely incredible. It's incredible. I like it. And I, again, I think that's the most promising part. I don't necessarily think that we're, we're, we're seeing the fruits of all of this immediately, per se. Although, again, her, her speaking you know, at the school board meeting and, and others doing the same thing can, can motivate. And it certainly does motivate. But I think it's, it's revealing a much larger plan here that's further down the line, which is it's people like her and people like that that really are the future. Again, I would prefer that she gave the speech without wearing a mask. Just take it off. So, I mean, I don't know. It, you know she's giving the speech about how ridiculous masks are while she's wearing a mask. Uh, you know, that's, that's where the message I think gets lost. And it's like, you know what? Great speech. You got your, you, you know, you got your five minutes of fame, but take it off, take the mask off. Again, I don't want to discount her, her courage. That's a fantastic thing. And again, it, it begs the question. It goes back again to the example of where are the teachers? Where are all of, where are all of these teachers? Where are the science teachers, et cetera, et cetera. At least she's standing up and doing what they should be doing. But again, they're so fearful of losing their job and walking up to the board and saying, hey, look, you know, I, I, I'm a science teacher. I'm a health teacher. I'm an anatomy and physiology teacher. We, we should not be doing this. No one should be wearing masks. I mean, we will forgive you. We won't really, but we'll forgive you if you just, you know, take them off forever and, and we just don't have to deal with this anymore. I mean, where, where are they? But again, this particular student, again, had, had a lot of courage in, in doing what they did, and I applaud them for it. I really do. But again, they're bumping up against even something here that uh, Dr. Yusmer Liu writes about specifically, and I'm going to read this particular section, but it's the sense of mass delusion. I mean, you can, you can figure out exactly what's going on in the minds of these people, not just by the way that they look, but by their actions. I mean, they're not even thinking to themselves for a minute, wait a minute. We have a minor coming up to us telling us that we're wrong, telling us that we're not doing what we really should be doing. That, of course, I mean, the cat's out of the bag there. It should tell everybody that these are not schools. They're certainly schools of something, but they're not schools in the traditional sense that we used to think of as, think of as a school. So I, I wanted to read this again. This is out of Delusion and Mass Delusion, but uh, this is under Section 6. 
and it's titled The Sense of Mass Delusion. It says, quote, Throughout history, we have experienced waves of mass delusion which threatened more mature forms of mental life. It would be incorrect to interpret these delusions as solely pathological. Even disease as such has sense. Disease furthers new defenses and may cause a complete change in the physical and mental structure. That is why the physician uses artificial disease to overcome the fixed defenses in chronic diseases to renew the resistance of the organism. Much mass delusion is caused by the mental convulsions of the community. It is as if the culture has to pass through a delusional stage in order to reach new possibilities and to shed old fixed forms. Civilization can be destroyed by delusion, but it may also renew itself through it. That is the revolutionary implication of all that is pathological. In the true sense of the word, there exists no isolated individual thinking. The individual himself is mortal, but throughout his life, he is, he is the recipient of immortality in the form of cultural concepts. Man lives in and through culture. He is both a historical and an immediate being. He gathers his knowledge from the past and adds to it. Through the mental relationships and communication with his fellow beings, he becomes part of a growing culture. Mass thinking, then, is the passing on of civilization to the individual and his simultaneous contribution to it. A strange nostalgia and unchecked archaic drives continue to live deeply embedded in everyone. The man of the 20th century worships the rough beast in himself. He values power more than culture. The mass man of Germany declared, quote, I draw my gun where I hear the word when I hear the word culture. At times civilization bows to brute force. Years later, free opinions wins out over the terrorizing opinion. No matter how complete the terror, the paralysis is eventually broken. How quickly this is accomplished depends on the particular character of the people. Submissiveness is more characteristic of one than of another cultural complex. Mass suggestion deals with people of completely different character structures. One is more susceptible to hypnosis than another. Unquote. So again, like I said in the last episode, what we're watching here, in, in my humble opinion, and I think Dr. Mirlu would, would agree, is that we're watching individual psychosis among individuals. It just so happens that these individuals inhabit the same professions. And that's really the most revealing part. We're seeing countless individuals with no ability to think as an individual on a creative level, except, of course, for the people who publicly shame those very boards and these very groups, doctors, teachers, nurses, city council, school board members, you name it. The people that are coming up to them and challenging them, those are the individual thinkers. Those are the individuals who are not succumbing, so to speak, to the mass hypnosis that's been taking place this entire time. And I want to give you another example, too. And again, this is in the exact same vein, so I'm not getting too far out of my lane here, but this is another one of those things that occurs at face value, and, and unfortunately, people are continuously taking things at face value without digging even just a little bit deeper, because they don't want to believe that what they're being told is a lie, and that that lie might in fact actually run a little deeper than what they could actually possibly imagine. And the example that I want to bring up here is the, the story and ongoing story of Novak Djokovic, the tennis player, um, Grand Slam champion, whatever else, uh, in, in his whole Australia trip to the Australian Open. This entire story was, was purposefully laid out there probably by the Australian government and the people who control Novak Djokovic, because there are people who control him. And I'm going to read this article here because he himself has stock in BioNTech and, and the medical industry. And now I'm not saying that that's a crime, but my point is, is that 
him being rolled out like that, the way that he was, was not an accident. It was a giant on purpose, and he was probably told to just go along with it, and you'll get paid, and we'll do this, and he just said, okay. So, these, you know, a lot of these people are just full-blown actors, and they're, and they're carrying out an agenda. And in this case, I would say at face value, and it's not, it's not too far from the truth, but at face value, it's being designed to essentially say to all Australians, look, we'll keep out the best tennis player on the planet out of our country. And that this has nothing to do, all of these lockdowns and all of this tyranny has nothing to do with the amount of money you make or the job you have or the status or XYZ. We're just going to do this because we want to do this. And we're going to do it to everybody equally. So, you know, don't come after us, the politicians who have money or, you know, the rich and the famous, because we'll even do this to the rich and the famous. They're not fooling many people with this. They're fooling a lot because, again, a lot of people are like, I can't believe they do that to him. I can't believe that, uh, that they would lock him in a, in a hotel and not let him leave for a certain amount of days. And then everybody on the media is saying he's been kidnapped by the Australian government. I'm telling you, the guy's a Freemason. He's a, he's a, part, of a, he's a part of an association, a, a secret society, and, and people around him are associated with those groups as well. So here's an article, and again, this is brand new. Um, this comes from ctvnews.ca. It says, Novak Djokovic holds 80% of Danish biotech developing COVID-19 treatment, says the CEO. This comes from Copenhagen. Tennis champion Novak Djokovic has an 80% stake of a Danish biotech firm, QuantiBioRes which is aiming to develop a medical treatment to counter COVID-19, the company's chief executive told Reuters on Wednesday. Now let that sink in for a minute. If he has a large stake in this company, with his money, because it's not his brains, he's a tennis player, no offense, but, you know, he's not a scientist. He's not, you know, crunching numbers and playing in Petri dishes. He's hitting a ball across a net. So his money is being used to fund this entire operation. And of course, they're throwing his face out there right now. So what's the next plan? What's the next thing that's going to happen? I bet they roll his face out later on and say, this guy's got the cure for what ails you. It might not actually cure anything. It might not even help whatever it is that he's going to end up selling to people. But this is a giant, uh, you know, I stop shy of saying a PR stunt. The point is this, there's always more to it than what, than what people think. There's always, it's always deeper. There's always another layer. And I'm not looking for something. I'm not sitting here going, yes, it's nefarious. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a huge conspiracy always ever. No, sometimes it's just odd. And it being odd will ultimately lead to, yeah, there are other motives here for these people. So he was never some political prisoner. Um, too bad he didn't, you know, he didn't get to play a round ball game that he likes to play. But there's more to it than this. This dude's getting paid tons of money to not play. And then, of course, what's going to happen down the line is anybody's guess. But it certainly looks like he's clearly a spokesperson for um, for this medical organization, this Quanti Bio Res. And yeah, there you go. So here's what it says. I'm just going to continue with this a little bit. It says CEO Ivan, no, no way am I going to get that last name, who described himself as an entrepreneur, said the investment was made in June of 2020, but declined to say how much it was. Millions, I'm sure. Quanti BioRes has around 11 researchers working in Denmark, Australia, and Slovenia, according to this Ivan guy, who stressed that they're working on a treatment, not a vaccine. The company is developing a peptide which inhibits the coronavirus from infecting the human cell, expects to launch clinical trials in Britain this summer, he added. A spokesperson for Djokovic did not immediately respond to a quest for comment. The tennis number one has stoked global debate about the rights of people who opt not to get, vaccin not to get vaccinated after he was deported from Australia on Sunday night, ruling him out of the Australian Open. The guy's controlled. 
and he's got an 80% stake in a medical in a medical company that's going to roll out with something in the near future. So there you go. The entire thing again is a PR stunt that's just been there I said a PR stunt it, it pretty much is. It's a PR stunt, but it's a it's a secret society controlled operation where a lot of individuals are profiting from this. And it's misleading the people. It's misleading countless people. How could they treat him that way? I mean, there's people that are actually saying that and believing that. That's not what this is. This is this is something else. It's also worth adding in this giant, again, mass delusion rollout that, that we're seeing here and mass hypnosis, that the Australian media is the worst. I mean, we think ours is bad. Give this a listen. Are being warned to stay alert against alarming vaccine misinformation turning up online. People are turning up claiming their children have died as a result of the vaccine, but the claims are not true. Starting the week on a mission to protect their kids from COVID-19. Very important. Because just keeping them safe, they're going back to school. If I can have the vaccine, I'm sure it's safe for the kids as well. And it's not just the parents who are excited about their kids getting the jab. Makes you feel safer, and it's really good since coronavirus is a really bad thing. But since the rollout began, there's been an alarming number of anti-vaxxers taking to social media, claiming the vaccine has made their child seriously ill or even killed them. That's just appalling. It's appalling that, 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 that people would lie like that. What you're doing is you're scaring people unnecessarily. Um, live in your own world. I know, I mean, unfortunately, social media allows people to gather together and they think that they're actually the majority. They're not. And according to the facts, it's just not true. In Australia, we have not seen um, any deaths related to uh, an adverse event from the vaccine to date. The formulation that we've got for our kids aged 5 to 11 is a special formulation. The rates of serious reactions from this vaccine are incredibly small. Despite the scaremongering, the vaccine rollout for children aged between 5 and 11 has quickly gained momentum. Nearly 300,000 kids in the age group have received a jab. New South Wales has the lion's share just under 94,000 kids rolling up their sleeves. Victoria's not far behind on just over 80,000. I want to be able to like get vaccinated so I can like do things and like feel safe. Australia's Therapeutics Good Administration is currently considering an application for booster shots for kids between 16 and 17, but it appears we're lagging behind. Teenagers in Israel, England and the United States have already been given the green light for a third dose. Given the uncertain climate, the increase in number of cases with Omicron and the potential for further variants, the likelihood is that a booster uh, may be something that will be strongly considered in the months to come. Clinical trials for vaccinations for children aged four years and under is still underway. In the meantime... The best way to protect our really young kids is to create a cocoon around them where everybody is vaccinated. Han Yuan for 10 News First. Again, you can't fix that. You cannot fix that. Those people are gone. You know, that media organization is gone. The parents leading their children to the slaughter. There's no fixing that mass delusion. You can't. There's no coming back from that. Two final things here that I want to bring up. And this is undeniable. This is, ex this is one of those things again. And it's been said before, again, regarding children and getting jabbed, that they're going to have to physically see it in order to believe it. Well, now one of the things that's also happening is people are starting to see massive food shortages. And this is, again, I've brought this up in the past on numerous occasions, but it's, it's definitely happening. Um, I had Damien just text me a little while ago, and he just said this. He said, uh, he said, just wanted to give you an update. Ontario went back into full lockdown pretty much. However, they are starting to reopen. He then said, but the bigger point is that our grocery stores are either out completely or almost out of food. It won't be long before it gets ugly up here. And he said, for us, the meats and produce are hit hard. It seems all kinds of meats are suddenly unavailable. There's a massive convoy of truckers heading to Ottawa on the 29th. They aren't leaving until the politicians resign. It could get ugly. Stacy and myself will be there. Food will be the worst for us because we depend on California, Florida, and Mexico for a huge amount of our food. Now, I can say here that I've heard that produce is in short supply. There's plenty of meat, 
apparently still in the stores, but the the produce is starting to become sparse. And again, when it comes to the business of the toilet paper and the and the paper towels and all that, all that hilarity, um, you know, it's it's always been kind of on the low end, apparently, but. Yeah, this is going to be one of those things, again, where people just aren't going to be able to connect the dots. They're not going to know what's going on. And uh, again, people have to see it. They have to see it. Some of them are just going to have to see it in order to wake up. Here's the last thing I wanted to bring up. And it's a bit of an anniversary. Um, This is the anniversary of the day where my podcast was unceremoniously kicked off approximately one year ago, because all I was doing was warning people to, you know, get storable food and have radios and batteries and warm clothes and XYZ, because you you never know what's going to happen, and we don't know the landscape, but um, we're at war, and wouldn't you know it, one year later, here we are seeing food shortages and talking about food shortages, so there's that fun stuff. Here's an anonymous post that I wanted to read from greatawakening.win. I thought it was pretty good. And um, again, they're also bringing up the emergency broadcast system, which is something that I've brought up in the past, because we got those alerts a while back to sort of test the entire system and see if it works. And, you know, there are a lot of people sort of waiting to see whether or not uh, it ends up being used to inform us that the Biden administration is on their way out. Uh, So here's how it goes. And this is kind of funny, too, regarding what happened in Missouri the other day. But it says, quote, by now we've all heard of the blue alert that went out in Missouri using Joker's car in Gotham, Missouri, which doesn't exist. It was a hilarious troll, or again, it was the bad guys. Um, But this post lays it out. It says, this morning on my local news in Kentucky, they were talking about it. Of course, it was not at all tied to ill Donald Trumpo's Twitter account, and it was played off as a mistake. But I noticed that the newscasters were highlighting tweets from normies that emphasized, quote, well, since that was such a stupid mistake, guess I'll just ignore the EBS alerts I get on my phone, unquote. This totally solidifies, to me at least, that we are indeed waiting for the EBS. Black hats know it, and they're trying to downplay it. I say it's imminent for four reasons. Firstly, National Guard deployed in all 50 states. I saw video from January 19th with tons of Humvees being brought to Tennessee by train. Others are reporting seeing Chinooks. Secondly, as I said in my previous post, we did indeed see additional tests go out yesterday. No comms, but one person unsure of state got a silver alert, but it had zero details on the elderly person missing. I'm unsure of all states that had testing yesterday or if they were happening on unscheduled days. Thirdly, when the EBS had been out or maybe 20 minutes or so, the people that are in charge of putting out alerts said, quote, we didn't do that, unquote, and seemed confused. Can't proof this as it disappeared and afterwards became the it went out by accident narrative. Finally, they are not going to be pointing us toward EBS and testing out the systems and proving they're in control of the EBS just to have us wait for months. Why would you test it out now if you're not about to use it? If you wait months, you'd need to test it again. I'm not saying it'll necessarily be today or even tomorrow, but it's going to be soon. It would make no sense if it didn't. Unless the entire EBS theory, quote unquote, was a misdirection and we were given disinformation for good reason, but I don't buy that. Unquote. Time will certainly tell. There's no doubt about that. Time will definitely tell on this. I find it odd that they would revamp the system, completely rework it, um, make the testing of it public like they did a number of years ago, see if it would go out on everybody's phones. It went out on a certain percentage of phones and then not others. Um, why would they do all of that if they weren't actually going to use it years down the line? So, I don't know. It, it, it'll certainly be interesting when it happens, and I bet it's going to just throw everybody into an absolute tailspin to some extent. Um, this weekend's going to be interesting, too. This comes from Disclosed TV. Just to wrap up here, it says, France's vaccine passport will come into force on Monday, announces their Prime Minister, Jean Castex, if that's his real name. 
Uh, it says unvaccinated to be banned from most public venues. So I guarantee the yellow jackets are going to get out there, yellow vests rather, and um, be marching. And uh, yeah, they should be. It's absolutely insane. This also, uh, Austria's National Council passes mandatory vaccination law by a 137 to 33 vote. It's getting worse out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's getting worse. So again, head on a swivel. Get, again, what food you can, what water you can, because if the shelves go bare, people are going to start wondering why. And again, if that points them to truckers not wanting to get the jabs because the jabs are poisonous and that helps wake them up, I'm all for it. I've got plenty of food. I'm ready to roll. So again, people have to see it. They have to see what's going on in order to wake up potentially. So I'll catch you on Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend and take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.